Hello and welcome back to another episode of Diaries of a Six Figure Coach podcast. I am back with another incredible, incredible guest today. I cannot wait to see where this conversation is going. Anya Werner is in the house with me on the podcast. She is a holistic empowerment coach who is on a mission to help women elevate their minds connect deeply with their truth and become fully embodied in their power they were born with so that they can discover their limitless potential, which I absolutely love. And Anya and I actually, no surprise, (laughs) have connected through Instagram, through the Instagram community. And I feel like we've both been following each other for a while. But recently I had shared a post more around the way I work, which is something that I haven't been talking about enough. And I know I got to talk about it more. And Anya commented, and I just really appreciated her comment. And so I sent her a voice note, and then we started chatting. And then it just felt right to invite her onto the podcast and have a conversation about entrepreneurship. So welcome, Anya. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. I love connecting with women around the globe and I love how we're able to find our kind of people through social media, even though there's millions, you know? And I would love to know from you, like, what has it been like for you to begin this entrepreneur journey and how did you end up becoming a holistic empowerment coach who's on this mission to help women really step into their power. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a crazy journey for me. You know, I began uh, my career not being a coach. I had no idea what coaching even was. I originally was an artist and a graphic designer, and I, uh, I did that for a long, long time. I was really successful, Um, but I also suffered from uh, pretty substantial childhood trauma, which at the time, you know, I, I didn't realize at the time I was, I was kind of escaping from by habits of overworking and being hyper-independent and um, constantly being busy and achieving and achieving and achieving. And that was kind of my own way of validating my worth you know, I wasn't worthy of of anything if I wasn't achieving. And and for the most part, that was something that was conditioned into me throughout childhood. But there was a deep sense of unworthiness that I felt uh, for years and didn't really become aware of until I had kids. And when I had kids uh, about eight years ago, it opened this door of my subconscious mind. You know, there was, there's so many changes we go through when we become moms and something happened internally where it brought up a lot of my trauma and I didn't know what was happening to me at the time. Uh, My world started crashing down around me. I was so anxious. Everything felt difficult, even trying to like decide what to have for dinner. So I knew something was wrong. And um, I eventually went to therapy and discovered that uh, basically my children were the triggers that reminded me of my childhood trauma because I am a twin. I have a twin sister and I also had girl girl twins who uh, when they turned three, 
uh, triggered my subconscious mind by law of association because when I was three was when I had my trauma as well. And that's when it all kind of came crashing down in a way, but I know now that that was something my, my mind brought up for integration and healing. And I'm so happy that I did that. And through my journey of healing that trauma and rediscovering who I was, I was so blown away by what I learned about energy and the subconscious mind and neuroscience and physics and, and, you know, all of, all of these amazing modalities that nobody have, had ever kind of talked to me about. And I was so, so taken aback. I went through my own spiritual awakening and I thought, why isn't anybody teaching this? Like, why, why are we not taught this in school? Like, how is this so underground? And I decided instantly, like, this was my calling. This was something that I wanted to share with other women. Uh, I knew that my own story of having overcome all of that trauma was going to substantially help other women resonate and be inspired to actually understand that they're capable of healing themselves. They're capable of overcoming the, the deepest challenges that they face in their lives. The things that some of us think that we can never heal from are actually invitations for us to step up for us to grow, for us to become a stronger human being, a more resilient person. So that's essentially, in a nutshell, the background of my story. That's how I decided to become a coach. And it was a journey of deep trust because I had no idea how I wanted to teach this. I didn't know how a coaching business worked. I didn't even really know how to run a coaching session. I knew nothing. I had to start all over again. and kind of find my own way and trust that just taking a step at a time, one step at a time and learning one thing at a time was going to be enough and that I was enough to to be a coach, to do this work, even though I felt completely out of my realm, right? <laughs> I love this. Thank you so much for sharing. And I feel like this is so relatable. I mean, it certainly is relatable to me. I feel like it's relatable to a lot of the women that are listening to this podcast around like having this trauma around overachieving, having this trauma around making our results a direct reflection of our value, who we are. Um, I know this has been a huge part of my journey, um, was a big part of what I actually wrote a book about too. And one of the things that I wrote in is I am not my results. And if I'm not my results, then who am I? Because I went right. through this huge identity crisis around this realization that like my entire life as an adult, I had lived out my trauma to, to attaching to something outside of me to prove that I am was worthy of love, oh. worthy of belonging, worthy of support. And so I really relate to this. And I know that that has been an ongoing thing for me to manage, like overworking, overachieving, pushing past my limits is something that I have faced <laughs> again and again. And it's like, it has so many layers to it that it just seems like at every level of growth that I have had in my business, I've had to face it again because it came in like a different, you know, clothing. 
to me. I'm like, hang on a second. I know this. Like, this sounds familiar, just different. Yeah. And I want to put in there too that, like, when people say I overcame this, like I healed my trauma, I don't agree with that. The fact that you, yes, you heal it to a certain point, but healing trauma and your healing journey never ends. There's always going to be more. There's always going to be that next level, that next thing that arrives at your door only to surprise you when you think, oh, I thought I dealt with this already. But no, it's it's an ongoing thing because it was once part of, you know, your body remembers mm-hmm. what was there once. And although you can release and let go, it's an ongoing process. And I know for me, sometimes, you know, at the, at the beginning of my business journey, there were so many obviously fears that came up and perfectionism and all the things that came up that I thought I had already dealt with. And every time that came up again, I was kind of shaming myself. Like, why are you still dealing with this? Like, why is this coming up? And that's something that as as entrepreneurs, we really have to give ourselves grace with because we can't expect that we'll ever be fully, fully, fully healed. And we have to see healing as more of an ongoing process. And it's okay if you take a step back every now and then. It's okay if you fall down. It's how you get back up that matters. It's how you lead yourself through the pain and through the failure and through the mistakes. Like that's the thing that matters, not whether you've fallen. Totally. And that resilience piece I feel like is so essential to keep going in business. Like I think, you know, from the outside, we see the successes, we see the things that are going well, we see, you know, we see one side of quote unquote success, especially in the online coaching space. But then there is the resilience that it takes to actually keep going on a continuous basis and putting yourself out there and continuously being like, no, like, this is the work, like, here's the, like, I got to keep showing up for this whether it works or doesn't work, like it doesn't actually matter. Like there's no ending point there neither. And I feel like that resilience is so big. I'm really curious how this work that you've learned through your own journey has supported you on your own business journey, because I'm sure things came up for you as you, you embarked on, on building a business and rebuilding a career. Yeah, I I think there's two main pieces to that. The first one that I think is the most important skill that any human being can learn is emotional regulation and learning how to nurture your nervous system through your feelings. So uh, throughout my life, most of my life until I hit rock bottom and began my healing journey, I was very, very emotionally avoidant. So I would um, discredit my emotions, invalidate them, avoid them, ignore them, sweep them under the rug, push them down, whatever I could do not to have to deal with them. They were, I saw them as an inconvenience. And that was the very first piece that I had to learn to like rewrite that story, that my emotions were actually coming up to, to tell me something, to teach me something. And I had to learn to listen. I had to learn to feel Because if you don't feel, you can't heal. So that was the very first piece I had to kind of completely shift my perspective on. And uh, the second piece is actually making space to be still and to rest and to be calm. 
And I know entrepreneurs will resonate with this because we're so masculine energy driven where we're always doing, doing, pushing, pushing, um, forcing even, right? And slowing down and being silent is seen as an inconvenience or even some of us think of it as lazy or whatever we might feel. We we categorize hard work as virtuous, but we don't categorize rest and stillness in the same way. And I had to learn, especially because of my overworking and um, overachieving, this this was deeply, deeply ingrained in me from my childhood when I would get punished for not achieving. And I was actually physically punished for that. So I saw rest and stillness as very, very unsafe. And there had to be a really gentle um, entry to stillness for me because I would go into like, it just felt so uncomfortable. Um, But once I allowed myself to sit and be still to A, feel my emotions, but also to practice present moment awareness, those two things have completely, completely transformed the way that I handle my workday, the way that I work through um, issues and problems and feelings and traumas that come up. Um, and anybody who is in the position of being, of running a business and being a CEO needs to have these two skills because if they don't, there's going to be overwhelm, there's going to be burnout. Um, there's going to be a lack of fulfillment and it's not sustainable to go through being a business owner without knowing how to regulate, without knowing how to truly find um, stillness and calm in your body. It's like music to my soul. (laughs) Right. Literally. (laughs) I feel like, um, you know, there's such a like hustle culture, you know, it's so valued, like us doing more, like being the person that knocks the most stuff off your to-do list. Like there's so many things that we have attached to success and what it takes to be successful. Like we've really created some, some patterns that sort of have us in this like grip and you're right, like valuing the space, valuing the quiet, valuing the silence, valuing the rest as much as we value the work is hard like I always laugh like the work for me is to rest right working itself like letting myself work is actually easier for me like quote unquote you know but really it's like the work that takes me the most focus and intention is slowing down is being still is cultivating that and I have really found that that is necessary a hundred percent and you said that as a CEO like we gotta emotionally regulate and we get triggered all the time and I'm sure it's it's probably similar in your practice but there are situations that I handle where people trigger each other because one person is accelerating their success and somebody else isn't quite as far along so they're kind of triggered by you know like one person triggered by the other person's success I'm sometimes, you know, like self having to self-regulate to make sure that I don't bring my own stuff into coaching or into spaces too, right? Even reinvesting again, like for the first time in a very long time, I've invested in mentorship again because I had to take a break from it. And 
some trauma has been like 100% triggered and I've been having to emotionally regulate so I can actually show up and do the work while like navigating like this, you know, feeling of being like, what, like, hang on a second, like, <laughs> you know, like, where's the integrity here, like between what's being said and the experience and, and when we are in these places, I have found where we're not able to manage that, we're really sabotaging our ability to grow, our ability to do our work, our ability to rest, right? Like we make the thing way bigger and it starts to take over our life and we can't really function anymore at all. And it impacts everything else that is going on at that same time. So I feel like this emotional regulation is a huge part of being able to just show up and do your work. But I also feel like setting yourself up in your business and prioritizing times when you're off is so essential, especially in the age of everything being online and your phone, you know, your work being on your phone and it coming with you everywhere. Like it's so easy to never disconnect. Completely. I so agree with that because if if we're always connected with in this society especially being so overstimulating we're always connected so how do we actually manage downtime when we've got a million uh we've got a million demands and and notifications and distractions like at arm's reach 24/7 right um and that's all part of learning how to manage your time, obviously, but these things are designed to be um, addictive and our businesses really in many ways as entrepreneurs are an addiction because a lot of us work from home and we we work online. And for me, this has been a really uh, difficult thing to manage because I'm at home all the time. I'm a mom. I have kids. Um, learning how to be present in my business and then putting on my mom hat and learning how to be present with my kids without being connected to my phone, without being um, distracted with business things, you know, and that's, that's such a real um, struggle for so many, especially moms who are trying to run a business and also be present for their family. Totally. I mean, I'm not a mom, but I can tell you that, like, I have certainly noticed the addiction of responding, the addiction to needing to be on, the addiction to just be like, oh, I can do it. And I feel like because we love what we do, it's so easy to be like, but I love what I do. So I work all the time. Like, it just becomes another, like, really brilliant excuse (laughs) for why you push through. Mm. And, it was actually for me, I was in Buenos Aires uh, last fall traveling and I noticed that nobody has their phones on the table at dinner. Or when I would meet friends for coffee, nobody has their phones out. Now, there's partially of a reason for that, but no matter the reason, it's kind of nice because you're just present to meeting with friends instead of everyone being on their phones or being distracted by that. Literally nobody has their phone on the table. And even that small shift, right? Like taking the phone and leaving it in the bag or 
for me, it's in the mornings. I leave my phone downstairs and then I have like, I have a beautiful patio and I sit there and I wake up and I'm away from my phone because the second that phone is near me, I have the tendency to grab it, right? Like it's like autopilot. And so I have found that to be such a huge shift by just leaving, like learning to leave the phone behind, learning to not worrying about what's on that phone all the time. Like that was a real like muscle, like it was like training a muscle to not do that. The mental muscle, right? A mental muscle. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so important because like for me, I serve my clients very hands-on. So I'm in people's businesses, like I do a lot of hands-on work and I need to be able to create space and shut my brain off because I use my brain all the time for my work. So my mind goes and goes and goes and goes and goes creatively, strategically, like this mind does a lot on a day-to-day basis. And so really I've realized for myself, I need to completely switch off and be in silence like literally no no music no other things going on like I can't watch tv anymore in fact I don't have a tv anymore um and like I don't even notice that I don't have it you know so it's interesting but it really has been so eye-opening for me the difference around how I'm able to regulate my emotions and how I feel on a day-to-day basis and to remain much more grounded in times where, you know, things maybe aren't as great or things are changing rapidly or something's happening in my personal life. Like the way it's allowed me to regulate emotionally and to separate work and stillness time and understand I can show up fully like has been so huge and I'm more on when I'm actually there and I'm able to be present with people where before I was always distracted like I realized I started to have this awareness that I'd have conversations with people but sometimes I wouldn't even remember what those conversations were about yeah isn't that crazy and the the other cool thing about learning how to rest and actually rest, not just stop and be still, but still have your mind going a million miles an hour is not just like balancing um, the busyness of your work life, but also rejuvenating the energy within you and releasing all the stuff that gets stuck within. Because with you being so um, hands-on in other people's businesses, with me, I coach women with trauma and who are going through divorces and all sorts of really heavy things. Um, There has to be a vehicle to release that energy and, and, and I think also for, for me, the level of care and responsibility that you feel um, for your clients really gets you uh, feeling much more involved than you really need to be a lot of the time. Like I find myself thinking about their issues after and, you know, during my time, during my regular life. So the strategy, um, of rest really becomes a time to release and rejuvenate, not just like be still, but there's so much more to rest than we think there is, you know, we need to do things that help to refill our cup and that help to release tension. 
so that we can, like, as you said, actually be more productive when we are working, be more present when we are working, because we're releasing all of these um, distractions and and thoughts and worries that are that are getting trapped in our own system and attaching themselves to us that don't really belong to us. So it's really a matter of um, you know releasing the energy because most of us that are in this industry in the in the uh, of helping others are empaths and we we really are emotionally invested right in our clients and in their lives. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like to this, like the point you made about like holding on, you know, holding on energetically, holding on to that worry, carrying more than we have to, it takes up a lot of space. Yes. Like it takes up a lot of space. So capacity, our capacity for maybe more clients even goes down. And that's why I always say Mm. like, we can't build a business and scale the business when your nervous system is taxed, like you can't, like you will not scale if your nervous system is on alert. Like if you're at capacity and you're struggling for your day and you're like spending 50% of your time or more worrying and thinking about stuff, you're not going to be able to get there because you need that energy to one, serve your clients and two, do the things you got to do to actually grow the business. Right. So I feel like that has been a huge realization for me over the years was that like everyone is so worried about growth, but like what actually needs to happen for you to be able to handle the growth? Yeah. And I'm so glad you brought this up, Teresa, because that's a huge part of what I do. Your nervous system, when you are in a state of worry and anxiety and stress, the stress response actually encumbers your ability to think rationally, to think logically. And when you're in that state and you're trying to serve from that state of, of survival, right? Your, your mind when it's, or your nervous system, when it's in a survival response, there is, it's, it's not creating, there's no time for creating. So it switches off that logical thinking part of your brain. And it, the only things that you have at your disposal are, are survival um, survival strategies of your body simply trying to go into protection mode and into, into keeping you safe. And that's a real block to being able to create. And at, essentially we are creators. We're creating strategies. We're creating ideas and perspectives and opinions for our clients. But when we're dysregulated ourselves and we're in a state of fight or flight or even the opposite, we're in a state of, uh, you know, functional freeze even, there's going to be such hesitation and such resistance in our bodies because our bodies are not going to be willing, you know, even connection, um, the ability to connect with other women decreases because when you're in survival, it's not a time to connect. It's not a time to be creative. It's just a time to survive. Um And so many business owners, I feel like, don't realize this. They are, they're chronically stressed. They are constantly in a state of hyperactivity where they're, you know, at level nine out of 10 and they never come down from that. They never take the time to consciously, intentionally rest in the right way to be able to relieve their nervous system of that survival state. And then what happens? They're, 
day after day, day in and out, chronically stressed. And eventually that manifests as other things, because if they're not taking care of that, then it manifests as illness and as, you know, dis-ease in the body that, that can create like actual physical symptoms. And I mean, the list goes on and, and it goes downhill from there. So nervous system regulation, finding a way to bring your body back into balance through things like breath work, things like meditation, um, even gentle movement, right? Yoga, those kinds of practices are all so um, regulating and, and they help to shift and change and shape our nervous system back into rest and digest where we can actually make use of our, of, of our qualities, of our skills, right? Of our, um, of our, our smarts and our brains and the way that we're supposed to not at, at, you know, 5% capacity that we have when we're in survival mode. Totally. And I mean, survival mode is like, so you're right. Like so many entrepreneurs are always in survival mode. Yeah. Like it's Isn't always it's survival not. mode. It's always where's the next client coming from. It's always like, I got to do more. It's always go, 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 go. Like it doesn't feel safe to stop. No, because to our bodies, it feels like our survival is literally at stake. And so you can imagine when that is at, at stake, the amount of tension that is existing in your body to try to help you um, stay safe. Uh, you know, really, if you think about it, if you think about the amount of entrepreneurs and business owners that are like operating from this level from this state, you really start to wonder like how, first of all, um, do they even understand how much more capacity they would have um, in, in their business if they actually found a way to find safety in rest? Um, and two, how much more would their businesses actually be able to hold if they were able to simply regu regulate their bodies to increase their capacity to hold more, to do more, to, to carry more responsibility, to regulate more easily and be, be a more resilient human being. Oh my God, I love this. What's something that people could start with? Like where would be a place to start? Like if people are listening and they're like, oh my God, Anya is like speaking to me directly. Like I am in survival mode. I <laughs> do not know how to regulate my emotions. Like I want to get out of this. Like what can they do from, you know, a body mind perspective to be able to stop that journey? Yeah. Well, there's two things. Uh, the, the first thing would be a somatic approach, which is, um, using your body to try to regulate your nervous system. So, um, the things I mentioned before, just stopping literally to focus on your breathing twice a day for five to 10 minutes. That's it. It's making this a daily practice. It's really the practices themselves are so simple. The biggest hurdle that we have in practicing these practices is our own resistance to practicing them, right? Our mm -hmm. mind's telling us that we don't have the time. The second thing is a um, focus approach because your energy is where your focus is at. So if your focus is constantly on the uh, projecting into the future, like where's my clients coming from and worrying about what's going to happen and maybe this thing will fail and what if this doesn't work out? 
your focus is creating the dysregulated state in your nervous system. So change your focus, change your energy. If you start focusing on the good things in your life, start teaching your brain that to look for the good instead of looking for the bad. So just changing your focus in business to how can I make this work better? What are the exciting things that are coming up? How much progress have I made? What am I doing well? What can I appreciate? What am I grateful for, right? Practices of gratitude. Mel Robbins, I know she has a practice where she looks for hearts, right? Or heart shapes in the world. And people are still DMing her hearts from all over the world these days. It doesn't matter what you're looking for. As long as you teach your brain to focus on the good. For me, I love beauty. I love looking at beautiful things. So my focus every single day is, you know, I, I live in the mountains and I have this home that has this beautiful upper deck and it's really high and it overlooks the whole entire city. I can see all the way to the States and we have these amazing sunrises and I live for these sunrises every morning and I get out on that deck no matter how cold it is and I just appreciate the scene of the sun rising and the beautiful sky. It's these simple practices of changing what we're focusing on that make like monumental, and I mean monumental shifts in our lives without really um, creating like a, a, a an inconvenience in our day whatsoever. It's just, um, it takes consciousness and intention. That's all it takes. It, it takes it takes more awareness of us simply being aware that we're focusing on things that are making us feel stressed, things that are making us feel bad, and choosing consciously to shift that to things that actually will make us feel calm and good and grateful and happy and peaceful. And all of us have this ability available to us any any time. You can start right now in this very moment to just shift your focus to something that you're grateful for. Amen to that. <laughs> like literally, I can, yeah, that is so beautiful. And it, um, I find generally our environment has such a huge impact on us and creating, like we have control over what we can create, right? Like how you set yourself up, whether it's a, you know, if you have a cozy nook somewhere or like you add some candles, like I find turn a candle on, it changes the, it instantly changes the feeling in the room. Like even if you've done anything else and you just turn on a candle, it's like instantly different. So yeah, I have a lot of these practices and, and, and it certainly helped me because I've realized like my nervous system was so shot and I went through divorce last year and changed my life, how I ended up in Tulum. And so I, um, for myself, I really had to go through tripling down on regulating my nervous system because I I couldn't I just was like I could hardly function and my creativity was gone and as somebody in business that uses that like without my strategic brain and my creative brain like I don't have a business (laughs) so it's literally that and I can't really serve clients the way I want to neither so it's like it doesn't work so I think it's so important what you're doing and what you're sharing. And I know we could be here for hours talking about this because I love this topic and I think it's so amazing. And I feel like everybody needs to follow you. So Anya, like where can we find you? 
when we want to have more of your your beautiful insights in our life and maybe get some of your support on our journeys to regulate our nervous systems and really step in our potential. Totally. You can find me on Instagram. It's Anya Werner. It'll be in the show notes, I'm sure. Um, I do have a website, but Instagram is where all the magic happens and we can share, you can DM me um, anytime. And um, I've also made a free gift actually for all of your podcast listeners. What is it? It is a very special meditation. So meditation, as I mentioned before, completely changed my life. And actually, before we knew we were going to talk about this topic, it it goes perfectly hand in hand with what we're talking about. It is a meditation um, that's very short. I think it's about seven minutes long. It's called Open Your Heart and Let Go. And what it does is it helps you release an emotion, any sort of bodily tension that you're holding. And I recommend that you do this every night before bed because it's a very important time at the end of the day to release anything that you're carrying with you from the day, any disappointments, um, any regrets, any kind of sadness or anger. You don't go to bed holding on to that stuff. It's really important to release. You know, the old saying goes, don't never go to bed angry. Um, it's very true. You know, your sleep is, is a time where your subconscious mind is going to absorb um, what you've been focusing on and it's going to um, amplify that, right? So usually if you go to bed really stressed and anxious, you're going to wake up in the morning probably more stressed and anxious. So um, this meditation is just a beautiful little release for you to just focus on your heart, focus on allowing all of that tension to um to release out of your body before you go to sleep. So I hope you enjoy it. It's something that I use every night as well. My goodness, I can't wait to listen to it tonight. So (laughs) amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, I'll absolutely download it and we'll make sure that all these are in the show notes and that you can easily find Anya on Instagram. Anya, this has been amazing. Um, I loved having this conversation with you. I feel like there's so many more things we could dive into, so I might have to have you back. (laughs) Or maybe you got to come onto my Instagram or we got to do a live or something together. But um, is there anything that we haven't touched on yet that you'd like to give people on their way to maybe regulating their nervous system? Anything that's on your heart that you want to share? Yeah, I think in terms of uh, managing your day-to-day as a business owner, the most important reminder that I could share with you is to honor your body. So there's a mantra that I always say, body first, body first. So no matter what you think is urgent or too urgent in your day to make you um, abandon your body's needs, to make you not have a break to make you maybe uh, not have your lunch, not drink enough water. Don't allow yourself to, to, to gaslight yourself that way. Like listen to what your body needs. If you feel overwhelmed, if you'll feel burnt out, if you feel you are triggered, take a minute, take a minute to go for a walk, go have something to eat, go have a coffee, have a cup of tea, but whatever you do, don't just push through. Don't feel like you ever have to push through being emotionally triggered or being feeling overwhelmed at any time. Take that break. Take care of yourself. Take care of your body. It comes first. You're stuck with it for your whole entire life. 
the tasks will get done. Work is never going to be finished. Let it go. Take a break. Honor your body. Oh my God. That is so amazing. I like I've like I'm going to leave it with that. Like, thank you so much, Anya. My mind is blown. My body is happy. Body Mine's first, I think, yeah. is like this is such an important and and such a vital message that I feel like can be such a game changer. So if you are taking what Anya said at the very end as the only thing from this episode, I feel like your life can literally change by just, yeah, putting your body first again. Anya, thank you so much for sharing your gifts, for sharing your insights, for sharing about your journey. I'm so grateful that we're connected and I feel like there's going to be some more conversations coming. So thank you so much for your time and everyone will be back with more juicy episodes and the Diaries of a Six-Figure Coach podcast soon. Oh my God, I can't even talk anymore. My body's just like so relaxed. So let's ease into the day, everyone, and we'll chat with you soon. Yeah, it's been so fun.